Next on MLR Weekly, Old Glory star in the making, Jack Iscaro. A perfect preview with Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. A rousing recap of what we saw last week and Major League Rugby headlines with Rugby Morning's John Fitzpatrick. Rugby Wrap-Ups MLR Weekly brought to you by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig & Whistle, New York City. The world's best rugby pub. And lean and limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hello again and welcome to MLR Weekly as presented by Rugby Wrap-Up Matt McCarthy in New City and we have a great show for you this week. We have Old Glory DC rising star Jack Iscaro. We have Brian Ray of America's Rugby News with another precocious preview and a rousing recap of what went on last week. But first we have our recurring segment, Rugby Morning's Coffee Break with John Fitzpatrick. John, greetings. What say ye? Howdy, Matt. No attendance records were set this week in Major League Rugby. There was a noticeably smaller crowd in San Diego. Perhaps that was due to some weather in the LA7s. Um, but let me ask you, do we think we will see a new MLR attendance record shattered in Chicago Sunday afternoon when the Hounds host their first home game in franchise history? The SeatGeek Stadium, pretty cool location. They got a lot of stuff, fan-friendly uh, stuff planned. The Chicago fans are a hearty bunch. They're used to cold weather. Not like the San Diego fans, so I, I don't know if they'll get the record, but I'm hoping for a good turnout, and I'm loving it that they're on the marquee network as well as TRN. Next! How about three more players reached 50 MLR appearances? New England Free Jacks hooker Andrew Quatrin, Matt, not Quattrell. Nola Gold prop Kevin Sullivan. Seattle Sea Wolves prop Mason Peterson. Three more. What do you think of that? I think that's pretty damn good. That's what I think. Next! Actually, I've got a question for you, Matt, before we go to the next thing. Do you care if it's called appearance or a cap? I would say that overseas, the professional setups use appearances, if I'm not mistaken, whereas for international tests, you get a cap. So I think I'm uh, favoring international caps and professional appearances. Next! Matt, that is probably the first and probably the last time I'll ever agree with you. History being made. Next! Sam Windsor became the first player in MLR history to reach 500 points. 500 points. 500 points. That's a big number. Interesting fact, MLR stats guru James Dealey shared that Sam is 181 points ahead of the next active player. That's huge. That is huge. And I can tell you this definitively, Matt Truville will not catch Sam Windsor, no matter how much he blows smoke up his butt. Hey, I'm Matty Truville, and this is Rugby f***ing Wrap-Up. Next! Ew. There's no segue from that one, so I'll just move on. MLR Fantasy NFT game. Major League Rugby announced a partnership with Oval 3 to combine fantasy rugby with non-fungible tokens. Matt, do you know what the heck a non-fungible token is? And do you perhaps maybe own a bored ape? Well, I don't have any fungus in my toes. And what in the Sam Hill is a bored ape? You look like a bored ape. Oh, oh. oh that was, oh. 
You could hear the audience react to that one. Uh, next, please, next. Matt, get us out of here. We're on to the next segment. All right. Thank you, Mr. John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Mornings Coffee Break. Before we go to Jack Iscaro, whom we met on the road, courtesy of Sheehy Auto Stores, let's go to our rousing recap of what we saw last week. It was Friday night lights up in chilly Tequila, Washington, as the Seattle Seawolves hosted yet another top Eastern Conference team, Rugby ATL. Farmer turned field general. J.P. Smith has his flock of seagulls, or pod of seawolves, off to a great start. But the Rattlers bit back enough to earn a key bonus point in the loss. In Utah, the field had to be shoveled. And Paul the Plow Lasique plowed through the Dallas defense as the Warriors sprinted to a big lead. But it was the warm weather, sea level living, jackals that owned the final quarter. Too little too late for a much improved and interesting jackals team. In Houston, high humidity at the Cat's Meow trademark shouldn't be a problem for a team from New Orleans. They eat humidity for dessert. But Houston found Nala catnapping on more than one occasion, pouncing on two huge broken plays as they purred their way to a perfect 2 and 0. Oh. To the Big Apple, the New York Ironworkers christened their brand spanking new home, Memorial Stadium, with a resounding win over a determined but depleted Toronto side. An impressive home win for the reigning champs, and we're hoping that all the arrows, including Cole Davis, are better soon. In San Diego, another Western Conference scrum half of note, Nate Augsburger continues to crank out the tries, but he's doing it from the wing. Head coach Danny Lee's deep legion side were too much for the on the road again free jacks, but look for both of these teams to be in the championship mix come playoff time. Let's take a quick break, regroup and come back with Old Glory DC superstar in the making, Jack Iscaro. Need a great price on a new vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. Easy Price shows you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships. It's easy at Sheehy. Sheehy.com. And we're back, but not really, because we're on the road again, courtesy of Sheehy Auto Stores, down in D.C. with Mr. Jack Iscaro, the legend, the myth, the man, Cal Berkeley, to Old Glory D.C., and a member of Team USA's Eagles. Jack, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Very happy to be here. So, Jack, you got a good vibe going on. It's a great facility to train in and have scrimmages in, and you've got some changes in the front office, and it looks like everything's on the front foot. Yeah, I, I certainly hope so. I think um, this is an organization that's that's worked incredibly hard in the offseason. I think uh, I, ca- I can say firsthand that I know these the, the, the people in the front office and the owners and, and everyone involved worked pretty tireless, tirelessly to uh, to make what we thought were the necessary changes. And, um, you know, we've got a lot of work to do. Obviously, we have the whole season ahead of us. But like you said, I think things are in a good place. And um, we, we, we can't ask for anything more, right? People have, they, we have everything we need. And um, as you can see, it's pretty pretty awesome facility here. So I think it comes down to, to us at this point, right? You know, we can't, we have no excuses now. It's early in the season. It's a long season. A lot can happen. Teams change 
directions during the course of a season. You guys are getting to know each other. You're finding, you're finding your way. I like this whole organization. Yeah, I think there's a lot to like, right, uh, from the top down. I think the owners are good people, and um, they're extremely dedicated to doing this the right way. The additions that they've brought in, it's been pretty seamless. I think uh, it's been uh, an awesome experience so far to, to integrate with these new guys and um, to welcome them to the family. And I think they've done tremendous so far. I think the new guys through, through the collegiate draft and as well as the, the international players that we've brought in, it's been a, a really, really awesome experience so far. So let's jump to your Eagles career. Obvious disappointment was you guys not qualifying for the World Cup. What was that like in the, in the immediate after that aftermath for you? Uh, yeah, very difficult. Very, very difficult. Um, you know, it was the dream of a, you know, my dream my whole life to, to play for the Eagles. And um, it was obviously the, you know, probably one of the best days of my life, uh, getting, that, getting that cap. And um, felt like, you know, decade or so of, of really hard work that led to that moment and um, to do it with the group that we had was so special we'd yeah. spent a lot of time together and I think they're, they're good friends and um, to then you know have that suffer that uh, defeat uh, it, it hit it hit extremely hard for, for me um, <clears throat> you know personally I, I, I felt like you know I had made a mistake and um, you know there's 23 on a match day roster oh, 100% right? and not to harp on that but I think you know, it was, uh, you feel the weight, right? Like you feel the weight of, of that disappointment for the whole USA rugby community. And um, yeah, bitterly disappointing, um, but very proud of, of the work done. I can't speak highly enough of the coaching staff, the medical staff, the whole team. I, I, I genuinely couldn't speak higher of, of everyone involved. So what do you think about 2027? I think uh, there's a lot of work to be done between between uh, then and now. I think we're in a exciting place. I. I Obviously, I'm, I know uh, Coach Scott Lawrence, and I'm, I'm a big fan of, of, of his and how he does things. I think he's a pretty no-nonsense guy, and uh, I think he's, uh, he's got a lot of things in place to, 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 re to right that ship. Um, but, yeah, five-year five -year cycle at this point, essentially. Jack Ascaro on that team? Uh, look, i got to earn my way back in, right? I think everybody does. Um, I, uh, I'd be the first to say that it's, you know, it's a clean slate, and everybody's – Everybody's I got to interrupt you right here. Ladies and gentlemen, the difference between this guy and me is, A, when I asked him that question initially, I was talking about him, and, of course, he defaulted to the we part. And then I ask him again, and he says, I have to earn it. You, sir, are an eagle and, and a good man. Well, I appreciate that, yeah. No, I, I, I'll second it, though. I mean, you know, we got to look internally and, and look at ourselves first. And, um, yeah, genuinely, I mean, we're all going to have to earn our spots back, as, you know, me included, and... Um, I think that starts with this MLR season. So let me ask you a question, as because you are the epitome of the American rugby player coming up through the pathway at a difficult, skilled position in the front row. A lot of people don't understand that. That might not be familiar with rugby. What is your thought, as per the argument about too many foreign players in the MLR? You know, I respectfully disagree with the the, the premise that that's a bad idea. I think it, it's the, been the best thing for me. Scrumming against international props week in, week out is the only way that you're going to be prepared to compete at an international level. And it brings a level to, it brings a professionalism, it brings a excitement, it brings an experience that you can't get necessarily without them. And that's not a slight on American no. rugby players. It's just that, you know, when you, when you show up to an MLR game and you're watching Matt Giddo and Andy Ellis, it's, it's exciting. And, um, the amount that these young American players get to learn from them, it transcends sure. 
waves, you know, like they go back and teach somebody at their club what, what they've learned. And one day, would I like to see, you know, a, a larger group of American players representing the MLR teams? 100%. But I think that right now we're in a place where it's a huge advantage for us to have these really great rugby players coming to the U.S. and, uh, and helping everyone get better. And I would say it's like saying, okay, I have a professional football team, but my offense and defensive linemen are only going to play against college offense and defensive linemen. I mean, if you don't, if you don't introduce guys like you at that key position to this overseas talent on a regular basis, we're not going to get any better. Yeah, to be, I mean, to be more specific for my position, I think that's even more so the, the case, right? I think uh, the number of props that I've gotten to go up against that have 40, 50 yeah. international caps, several World Cups, I mean, they, they, they uh, kicked my butt a couple times, but that's the only way I think you get better in the front row especially, right? Uh, you you, you kind of have to get uh, beaten up to, to, to figure out, you know, how I can get better. And um, I just think as far as the front row goes, this is an invaluable experience. Agreed. What was it like playing for Jack Clark? Oh man, it was a it was, it was a pretty incredible experience. I think anybody that's got you know that much history and uh, success in their past is someone that you you want to be playing for. And um, I think he's an incredible motivator. And just the life lessons that come along with that are, are are probably as important, if not more important, than the than the rugby that you learn there. So it was a amazing experience. And Cal's produced quite a few eagles over the years they're just a factory of great rugby players and you've had some good rugby players at prop come out of there as well yeah absolutely i was i was lucky enough to have uh mike mcdonald as a as a forwards coach while i was there as well as uh you know tom billups who um is obviously a longtime coach there uh and played in the front row yeah i'm happy and really honored to to add my name to that list and um just uh really grateful for for what they did for me i bring up jack clark because i'm looking at you and you got the little bit of the mullet thing over and the mustache uh, going. Is this yeah. homage? Well, I uh, I don't know what he would what he would exactly uh, think of this. So I'll uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not, too, show, I'm not sure right? if he'd be too big of a fan, but yeah. um, trying trying something out. Maybe uh, maybe a good look, maybe a bad look. All right. Well, it's it's a good look. Trust oh, I me. appreciate it. Yeah. Good look. Oh no! Please no. Great to have you on the program. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. We'll be right back. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street. And we are back, and we are back with America's Rugby News is Brian Ray. Brian, how are you? Doing all right, Matt. Brian, you're in a San Diego Legion hat and a New York Ironworkers top. Why? Well, uh, San Diego beating the second Canadian team, those New England Free Jacks, and uh, New York. Well, what can I say? Record record setting performance win uh, at their new home on Mount Vernon against uh, the first Canadian MLR team. So there you go. That's that's my explanation. Quick take on uh, one two things that you saw. Well, rough one uh, for the Arrows. I think those without saying they got some work to do. Same with NOLA. Uh, really slow start to the season for them. But hey, San Diego trucking along. They look good. Defending champs. Getting back on the, the win column. And I got to say, Dallas coming uh, very close to actually getting that first win. Just missed a few conversions. If they, if they went 5-5, five for five, might have edged out that win over Utah. So good sign for Dallas fans. And a nice comeback in that second half on the road in altitude for a warm weather team. 
Okay. All right. Well, he's it's the head. He's been nodding his head. If you're listening to this and not watching it, he's nodding his head. It is a talk program, uh, Brian. So while you're doing your preview, you can't do it silently. So why don't you walk us through Friday Night Lights, the Dallas Jackals welcoming in the Seattle Seawolves to Choctaw Stadium. Yeah, you got to like what you saw uh, from Dallas. I mean, really taking a, a big step up uh, for them. They looked uh, a lot more organized. Maybe a couple other names coming into the lineup this week. Really interested to see what they put on the field against Seattle, who also looked pretty good. This is the first road game. Uh, I like Seattle's score. I'm going to go with Seattle in this one, but Dallas, they're, they're looking like a team this year. And I got to tip my cap to my farmer friend, J.P. Smith, who is really playing well. The next one up is the lone Saturday game at 6 p.m. Eastern, and it's Rugby ATL hosting your NOLA Gold. Yeah, another uh, Southern battle for NOLA. Boy, did they look shaky against Houston again. Uh, you know, they've just got to get, maybe they need a, you know, a mental coach or something like that to help them out. You mean a, a coach with problems? <laughs> yeah, something like that. They've got to get their heads back into this game. They've got way too much talent to be losing the way that they are. It's not even that they're losing. It's that they're getting blown off the park. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. But for two huge broken plays, I thought Nola on the road was okay. I didn't. I. That's another unacceptable performance for me, frankly. I, I just can't agree. That's two games in a row. They just It's a try by Tikoi Solomone running through half the team. Yeah, he's fast, but you got to have your cover defense. And the quick tap try by Domikina. I mean, everyone's just standing there watching. No one wanted to make a tackle. You know, well, you're going to counter with want. facts, then we have nothing yeah. to discuss. So, so I have to pick ATL because they've looked the better side so far, and they're at home. So I'm going with ATL. I think it'll be a good game. Uh, I'm hoping a better NOLA shows up. And, uh, you know, hopefully they get Devin Short. He would really help in the energy department. I think this will be a close one, but I got to go with ATL at home. All right. And we have three on Sunday, and they all will be overlapping each other for some reason. The Chicago Hounds in their home opener at SeatGeek Stadium versus the Utah Warriors. Interesting matchup. Yeah, it is. And yeah, and like you say, frustrating scheduling, but what can you do? A big occasion at home for the first time. I hope the Midwest turns up uh, to watch this game. Uh, excited to see it. They got a great opponent. Utah's looked uh, pretty fun so far this year. Uh, they certainly look competitive. They had the, you know, the tough one against San Diego, got the win against Dallas. I think they're going to get even better. I mean, Paulo Sique was absolutely tremendous against Dallas, so he's in great form. But this is a tough one to call. Chicago, they've only had one, uh, one run out. How do we really judge them on that? Right. So I think I have to pick Utah in this one. They've had a couple games now. They're just maybe a little bit more well oiled, but uh, I think this is going to be a great game. Then we have the Battle of the Unbeatens, and that is the Houston Sabercats at the Cats Meow, trademark, versus the San Diego Legion. What a cracker this is going to be. Uh, Houston really looking the good so far uh, this season. And I mean, San Diego are kind of our, I think a lot of people's early prediction wins for, for the Shield, possibly the way they're playing at the moment. So this is going to be a great game and a real test, really a great barometer to see where these two teams really are uh, this stage of the season, if they actually are, you know, contenders. I think that San Diego back line looks pretty good. But hey, Houston all of a sudden with Tico Solomoni and Drew Wilde in there. I mean, those guys had so much pace out there. So a clash in styles. Houston still a little bit, you know, forward oriented and San Diego very much spin to win. Uh, I, I'm, man, I'm wearing San Diego's hat today, so I think I got to rep them. I'm going to go with the Legion in this one, but this is going to be a squeaker. All right, then we've got the New York Iron Workers at home in Mount Vernon Memorial Stadium against Old Glory DC, a revamped Old Glory DC. Yours truly has the pleasure of calling this one with Mike Petrie. What are your 
thoughts. Well, I think Old Glory will fancy their chances. New York looked pretty stale against Toronto the first half. Not super impressive. Second half, they kind of poured it on a bit. So I'll give New York the favorite stag, but I think Old Glory are definitely uh, live dogs. This is going to be a great game. Uh, another one, man, a, a great series of games on Sunday. It's just a shame we got to pick one of them to watch at once. So uh, I'll go with New York, but it's a very, uh, a very squeaky New York. A lot of eyeballs will be on this one to see what these two teams are really all about. Yeah, agreed. We certainly haven't seen the best of New York. Changing gears here a little bit before I let you go. Who's the best 9-10 combo in the league right now? Oh, well, I think you've got to go with J.P. Smith and, and, and Mr. Jordan Chate over at uh, Seattle. They look pretty sharp. And, I mean, Chate's a guy we really didn't know anything about heading into this season. But what about well, San Diego? Yeah, San Diego, Anderson, and, and, and Judd, they look good. But Smith, I mean, he was outstanding. It's a choice of styles, I guess. Henderson's the really attacker for San Diego. Judd is kind of the distributor there. But uh, I just think uh, overall, I like the look of uh, Smith and Chate. Over under on Chicago fans making noise when the opponent's kicker is going for the posts. I hope they do. I hope they scream their heads off. <laughs> and on that note, we're out of time. Thank you to Mr. John Fitzpatrick, Mr. Jack Iscaro, and of course, Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. And thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including The Rugby Odds, The College Rugby Wrap-Up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Please sign up for our weekly newsletter. And please join our American Red Cross blood donor team.